Atlanta is finally official, and it looks like we have another city on the horizon for a possible MLS expansion. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, buddy? Nothing much, Garrett. It's, uh, you know, we've made it through another week. We, uh, we were unable to do the midweek show. Uh, we both have a lot going on. Uh, I'm sure we'll get back to that three three uh, show a week rotation, uh, but for right now we'll uh, we'll try to catch everybody up on everything that happened uh, over the week. Yeah, uh, hopefully we'll get there. But you know, you're, you're with your crazy life, my crazy life. You know, you know our jet setting life. I mean, it's difficult for us. You know. <laughs> yes, our so called amazing lives. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, things are good, but uh, yeah, you know, there's definitely uh, some stuff to talk about. Obviously, in the MLS world, mm-hmm. uh, you've got expansion talk. You've got yeah, we had a midweek game we can talk about, mm-hmm. and then uh, another full slate of games this weekend. So uh, you know, things keep on rolling as we get closer to the World Cup, and as we get closer to that U.S. training camp, we're about a month away. Uh, we're actually less than a month away now from the U.S. Uh, training camp uh, coming together in Stanford at Stanford in Northern California. And uh, it, it, with each passing week, people are, are, are running out of time to impress Jurgen Klinsmann. But before we get into all that, we have to talk expansion. We have to talk about the newest expansion city, Hotlanta. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to use that? I don't know. No, I, well, ever since I went there. Uh, when was I? In, I was, oh, yeah, you tell I was me. There. I don't know when you were there. I was there in November. I was there in November for... I was in, in, in November for the Soccer Bowl. It was actually my first trip to Atlanta. Had a great time. And, uh, you know, based on the festivities uh, at their announcement, uh, you know, people there are excited. And, and I got to say, a lot of people around the league are excited to see Atlanta coming aboard. Yeah, I mean, they talked about it's been a long, drawn-out pro- process. Excuse me. Arthur Blank, who owns the Atlanta Falcons, has been in discussions before with Major League Soccer. And Don Garber finally became a reality on Wednesday when they had the announcement with, with all the fanfare. I mean, you could have watched that on MLS Soccer. I'm sure most of the people listening to the show did uh, did watch that event. But uh, Ivis, I mean, this you know we, we talked about this before. I mean, Major League Soccer is returning to you know the south the south you know the south southeastern part of the United States. And I mean, having an owner like Arthur Blanks who does have the money, you know, Atlanta kind of already has that 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 firepower already. You know, before they play their first season in 2017. Arthur Blank Check, that's a nickname. It's already going around. He's flying in the announcements on a helicopter. He's he's big time. He's big time. What can you say? The guy founded Home Depot. He's he's just he's he's making it rain. Uh, Atlanta's going to have the money. They're going to have the financial power. And here's the thing, right? I've already heard a lot of this. Now, uh, in the wake of this announcement, and obviously in the wake of uh, of the news earlier in the week about uh, New York City FC, and then the fact that they're going to have to play at Yankee Stadium, you know, there's a lot of hand wringing going on about all oh, these new teams, these new yeah. owners, these uh, these situations aren't ideal. What MLS is going down a wrong path, and it's give me a break, folks. Okay, the you know, not every situation is going to be perfect, but. What MLS is looking for is owners with deep pockets who can help take this league to another level, who can who can uh, handle it once the league does loosen the purse strings, once the league does take that next step up and start spending that much more money. And you know what? You're not going to have – obviously, we would all love if every new team that came aboard had a nice little cookie-cutter stadium ready to go. You could cut the ribbon on opening day and, and, and play on grass and have it all be beautiful and everything perfect. That's obviously – we would all love that. But that's not reality. You can't get that. You can't always get what you want. And a lot of times you have to you know, deal with what you have. And obviously, in a case like New York City FC, 
they tried to get a stadium. They couldn't get a stadium. But do people honestly think like, oh, we shouldn't even have the team in the league because they're having some issues there because they might have to play at Yankee Stadium? I mean, that's a whole other thing. We can get into that a little later. But we'll, we'll stick into Atlanta. Yes, they're going to play in a. In a they're going to share stadium. Brand new football facility is going. It sounds like they're going to play on artificial turf. Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, they're going to have a strong ownership group there. They're going to have the financial muscle to build a, a strong team there to cater to the fans, not only in Atlanta, but throughout the South and in that immediate region. And that's why I think they're going to do pretty well there. Well, it's kind of fun. I, I, I want to kind of bounce off what you were saying right there about the Sox specific same guy. I can't talk today. Um, you know, that's, that's the way Don Garber for so long saying, you know, team with the one of the requirements that they have to have a soccer specific stadium. But I think with the expansion of these four new cities, you know, New York, Orlando, Miami and Atlanta, I mean, it shows that, that every single requirement is different for every single city. I mean, there's kind of different things that need to be done, but I mean, I don't see anyone still complaining that the Seattle Sounders play at Quest Field, which is a football stadium. I mean, amazing what happens when 30,000 people show up, no one seems to care. And I'm not saying that that Atlanta's going to have 30,000, 40,000 people. But if people show up, it's amazing how that conversation will go away within seconds. I know. It's funny you say that because it's true. It's like I guarantee you there were people, you know, six, seven years ago or, five, you know, five, six years ago when, before Seattle came into the league uh, and it, once it became pretty clear that they were going to play a CenturyLink field, uh, that, you know, they, they were going to have to share the facility there with, with the Seahawks. They were going to be working closely with the Seahawks. I'm sure there was a lot of hand wringing, hand wringing there, uh, about the relationship with NFL. And it's, and I get it, folks. There's a lot of people out there who are anti NFL who think, oh, you know, why can't MLS, you know, strike out on its own? Why do they need NFL owners to come in? Here's what I'll say to that. You can't look at these people as NFL owners. These people are rich people. Rich people have money to buy NFL teams. If you're if you're a billionaire, what do you buy? You buy an NFL team, right? So, it, 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 like the whole idea of looking at these at, at these people at these prospective owners, and not just NFL, but even like Major League Baseball, you have the Yankees obviously coming in. Um, it, they, it, it's not like it, they're not this like fraternity uh, where where they they're brainwashed by the NFL and they're gonna turn. What are they gonna do? Turn MLS fans into NFL fans? They're not. They're not. I don't really see a ton of cross promotion even among the 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 previous owners in MLS that have had NFL uh, affiliation. So you know, I I don't. It's it's just silly to me. And you know what? Look at the Premier League. How many NFL quote unquote NFL owners yeah. ha- have teams in 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 the Premier League? Right. So. You know, are what are they making their players? Is Randy Lerner making Brad Guzan wear a football helmet? No. So get off it about the NFL thing. Uh, these are the these are the people who have the money to to help make a, make sports uh, franchises succeed. And obviously, if you're MLS and you're trying to get to that next level, you're trying to expand the league, grow the league. Make sure you have owners who have the financial muscle mm-hmm. to go wherever the league wants to go. Whether and if that means expanding, increasing the salary cap, wanting new facilities, why you know having the money to to, to support you know uh, building stadiums and all that, you need you need owners with a lot of money. And in this country, a lot of the owners who are in who are the, a lot of the people with big money who are into sports, they already own sports teams, and a lot of them own NFL teams. Doesn't make them bad. Doesn't mean that the NFL is taking over MLS. Let's let's get off that. And again, I know it's like a minority of people who are who are hung up on that. I just think it's pretty silly. Arthur Blank clearly has wanted this team for a while, 
and he and he's going to take it seriously. I, don't, I mean, like, why else would he buy? Why why is he spending seventy five million dollars if he doesn't intend on trying to build a winner there? Well, the other thing too is, I mean, most of these owners who have this much money, they all have other business ventures that we don't even know about. You know, where where they own forty percent, or we don't even know the names. I mean, go look at the Fortune five hundred list. I mean, how many how many companies can you seriously? Name off the top of your head that are on the Fortune 500 list. So most of these guys have those companies. These arguments that people have for that Ivis, these these are just people who are. I, I don't. You know what? I don't want to piss anyone off. So these are people who are. Um, they're on big soccer 24 uh, seven. I, I said go. it. I said it. These people. <laughs> anyway, these. I'm, right. I'm being serious though. I mean, these people need to chill. Look, I, I understand you can make the argument for the New England Revolution. I get that. Okay. Well, that's a bad. That's a bad ownership group. Yeah, and the that, ownership that, group doesn't that, care. They're, they're, but but and, and, yeah, well, I, I was right. watching the game over the weekend. I mean, the lower bowl look, looked pretty full. I mean, full. Excuse me. I, it looked pretty good. I mean, you put they them just in, need, look clearly. New England, they yeah, need a stadium situation resolved there. That's a different. Uh, and look, you know what? Robert Kraft is a great NFL owner. He just obviously they haven't put the same uh, attention into into the Revs. But just that's because that's because Tom owner, Bra- that's because Tom Brady needs all the attention. Come all on. right. Anyway, just because there's one owner. In MLS, who's clearly not done well as an owner and is widely considered the worst, arguably the worst owner in the league, now that Jorge Vergara is gone, you could definitely make that point. Does not mean that you don't want any other NFL owners in the league. Like that's, you know what? I'm sorry, it's it's silly to me. Every owner, every prospective owner, should be judged on their merits, not on. Uh, you know wh- whether they have an NFL team or a, a major league baseball team or an NBA team. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just think it's silly. You know, at the end of the day, if, if you you need money to 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 launch uh, pro sports teams, you just need them. You you're not gonna get by with like so, you know ownership groups that don't really have financial muscle because guess what? Those are the groups that get into trouble. Those are the groups that ultimately end up not being able to compete, mm-hmm. and that and they can bring a league down. I mean, I'm sure MLS thinks about that when they're vetting and when they're interviewing prospective ownership groups. Because listen, when they went, when you want to go back to the Florida days, MLS 1.0, when you had Tampa Bay, when you had Tampa, when you had uh, Miami, the Miami Fusion, those ownership groups did not have the financial wherewithal. Uh, to to make you know to a to build proper like strong teams. I know my look. Miami had a successful team a run there. They had a pretty decent uh, team, but as far as having an impact in the area, they didn't have the financial muscle, the marketing muscle to make it successful. And that you know what that nearly brought the league down. And now I think it's a little different. Now MLS has figured this out. They they go after owner. They're interested strictly in owners that have the the financial muscle to make things work. Well, also, the new Atlanta team is playing in a sick-looking stadium. If you've not seen the rendering for the new Falcon Stadium, which is also going to be home with the new Atlanta team, go check it out. It looks awesome. Speaking of owners who have a lot of money, Minnesota Vikings owner Ziggy Wilf. Uh, I was looking for a possibility of, of bringing also an MLS team to Minnesota and having them play in the Vikings' new stadium. I mean, look, hey, it looks like we're talking about another team not playing in a soccer-specific stadium. I can't say that. Uh, but I mean, another guy with money, Ivis. I mean, you, you said, I mean, MLS wants owners who have money. This could be another good fit, right? I mean, it, you know, it, it's uh, it's interesting because Minnesota, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul area. I've said for a long time, the, the great soccer city. Uh, a lot of soccer fans there. Uh, a lot of SBI readers in in Minneapolis, St. Paul, as there are in Atlanta. So you know, obviously, MLS is going to go where they can find strong ownership groups, and Minnesota's one. And uh, it is interesting. I will, I will, I will admit, and I will note 
that it is interesting that these two cities, you're talking uh, Atlanta and now you're talking Minnesota. And before that, you're talking uh, Miami. Obviously, Miami's still not officially uh, an expansion team, but obviously that's probably going to happen. All three in markets where you have NASL teams. And I know there's a lot of questions about what does that mean? Is MLS going after the NASL? Are they targeting markets because they're in the NASL? I think, that, I think the conspiracy theory is a bit much. They're going where the money is. And where the money is is in these cities, and these. So it, it has the maybe the you know what maybe the success of the NSL has has helped boost the interest in 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 prospective owners wanting to buy MLS teams, but you know what, it's what can you do? And it, all NSL can do is continue to 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 grow as a league, con, uh, continue to try to put out strong teams and, and and do a good job catering to their fans, marketing. Uh, I think some of these cities can support two teams. Uh, you know, obviously they're not going to be on the same level, but you know, does this mean Atlanta Silverbacks are going to disappear? Does this mean uh, you know Minnesota United is going to disappear? I don't know if that's necessarily the case. So it, I, I am interested to see what happens with these teams, Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Uh, you know, when if and when Miami FC comes on board, uh, I think I think we can have it. I think we can have cities with multiple teams may, uh, that you know aren't necessarily playing in the same league. I think. I think down the road, I think we're looking at 10, you know, when you talk about five, 10 years down the road, you're going to have teams everywhere, whether it's whether it's MLS, NASL, USL Pro. The, if you look at the map of the U.S., it's filling in with soccer teams all over. And that's that's great. It's a great sign. Who can have a problem with that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you're always going to get that one person that's going to be like, oh, man, I don't know if Boise no. needs a soccer team. No, well, I think if the more the bigger concern <laughs> is, is fans of established teams. Who are worried? Uh, you know, established lower division teams who are worried about MLS coming in and just uh, yeah, you but know. yeah, but tough crap competition. Welcome to America. I mean, it, I, I, I don't, I don't feel bad for the NASL. Okay, they could have partnered or done something with Major League Soccer that USL did. NASL wants to compete against Major League Soccer. NASL wants to be their own league. They want to be number one. That's on them. It's called competition. Well, you know Simple as that. Yeah, but you know what? You can. That's easy to say. But at the same token, MLS is the one given the golden credit card by U.S. Soccer uh, as being designated the the first division in the country. And I know the people who who are so the people who are, are most in favor of promotion relegation will always point that out. And it's a fair point. It's a fair point that MLS has been given that. And and that gives them a major advantage over lower divisions. Uh, so it's easy to say competition, competition, but clearly the leagues are not playing on the same uh, on the level playing field. So we we you know we're, well, we they can't want, no, we if can't they, ignore that. We can't the, ignore that fact. Yeah, but if the North American Soccer League wants to be on the same level, I was, they need to go out and get more owners who have more money, and they need to start signing better players. That that's the way they can do it. I mean, a lot of other leagues have done that in the past before. We saw comp- they had, where, 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 where competitors for 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 the NFL in the eighties. Right, I mean, this those, little predates yeah, those, me. Right, for the sports, for the ABA, I'm just but those for other sports. sports did not have designations of first division of of a first division in a country like that. FIFA and, and U.S. Soccer have officially designated MLS as a first division, and the other leagues are lower divisions, and that is significant. And now you can't ignore that. It's not. It's you can't ignore that and just say, "Oh well, you you, you want to compete with MLS? Bring it, whip out the wallet, and it's all fair and even." It's it's not quite. And I'm not going to get into this too much because <laughs> this is definitely a whole other hill of beans we can get into. My my ultimate my ultimate point is this: yes. it's not as simple as saying. Well, NASL just needs to spend more, and then they can be right there with MLS. They can't be right there with MLS under the cert, or under the current structure of 
of club soccer in this country. So you can't look at it that way. What you can say is, what you know, what you can question is, can these cities support multiple teams? And I think they can. Will they be on the same level? No, they won't be. And it, and it won't matter. You know what? It, it's not going to matter uh, how much money the Silverbacks spend or, or Minnesota United spends because uh, they're not playing on the same level playing field. Now, one, one exception to that, obviously, mm-hmm. the New York Cosmos, uh, you know, they, they, they are clearly – they have the deep pockets. They're ready to spend. But even then, they're limited. They're limited. They don't have the, t- the access to the TV contracts. Uh, that MLS has. So you know what? It, it, it's all, it's a whole nother, that's like a Pandora's box. We don't need to get into, but I, I mean, I, I just think it does need to be pointed out that mm-hmm. it's not all, not not everyone's operating on a level playing field. Well, we already spent about half half of the show talking about this. Man, do, do you want to keep going? Open the box? Nah, that's fine. <laughs> you know what? We'll do, we will get, listen, we will touch on that one day. Uh, when we finally have our show discussing promotion relegation. And, uh, and I don't want and, to. No, we're going to do it. I don't we're want gonna, to. There's, listen, there are people who want to talk about it. There are people who are, are staunchly in favor of it. There are people who are, are, are completely opposed to it. Personally, I'm in that camp that would love to have it, but, as, but I'm a realist. I don't, it, I don't see it happening. It's not going to happen. It's, it's not happening anytime soon. I mean, you bring up promotional relegation around Don Garber, the guy practically turns green. Like He, has want, he wants no part of it because you know what? They don't need it. They, they're, MLS is growing fine without it. Uh, It'd be great if, it, if if you could have it, but this whole idea that you're going to force MLS's hand, there's going to be a revolution. I love all the. There's so much talk, and it's it's a very vocal minority who gets all worked up and 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 tries to portray MLS as these evil, uh, like power hungry individuals who are out to just eliminate everyone, eliminate everyone else. And you know what? MLS is at the end of the day their business, and they're trying to succeed. And and do they do they have advantages that that other leagues don't have? Obviously, obviously that's the case. But the whole conspiracy there's some conspiracy theories out there that just make me laugh, you know. But at the end of the day, the good thing the good thing is that there's just clear growing interest across the country in professional soccer, and the more teams we have, the better it is for everybody. I, look, I'm in favor of it because the only way Phoenix will ever have a team in Major League Soccer is if we have promotion relegation. That's the only way. So for me, I'm forward, Evis. Right. Uh, yeah. You know what? It, it, it's not. Uh, it's twenty plus years away, and as much as I know, some people hate to even. They hate that. They hate to hear that. They hate to hear the idea that it's just not happening. It just isn't happening, folks. It's just not happening. This isn't denial. This isn't ignoring the. You know what? Uh, what? What? Some people want. It's. It's just reality. The people who have the keys to the castle are not interested in sharing the wealth. That. That. That's how it goes. All we can hope for now is for MLS to continue growing and improving and the lower divisions to continue growing and improving. And I know some people think that can't happen without promotion and relegation. I happen to disagree. I think MLS needs to step it up. I think MLS needs to do some things a lot better so it can really grow as a league. But I think some I think I think the whole I don't know, the whole promotion and relegation thing, we'll we'll touch on that one of these days in the next month before I go to Brazil. We will touch on that. Okay. Well, Ivis, let's let's table this conversation. Can we table it and move on to to something else? We've already lost half of the listeners of the show at this point. What is this? A council meeting? What are we doing? Robert's Rules of Order? Uh, well, you know, I'm 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 the host of the show. It's my responsibility to keep things moving. That that's why I've been brought onto the show, not to provide insight or anything. Come on, Ivis. All right, we, we all, all right. we all know this. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, Evis. MLS Week 7. I, I I just want you to calm down. You're getting fired up, man. 
Am I? I'm cool. I'm chilling, man. I'm. I'm. I, I just. I just. I do like discussing these things, just because I, I think some people don't quite know the background on some of these arguments and discussions, and and that's again, that's the reason why I'd like to have a show on promotion relegation. Uh, I, personally, I think that there are far fewer people who are staunchly in favor of it than 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 some think there are, just because there's a vocal minority. Doesn't like oh sometimes a vocal minority can can be perceived as a majority when in reality it's not it's just be some people who are very loud and and very committed to letting their opinions be heard. Oh really? And, Who's uh, that? Uh, there's a group. There's a group. Trust mm. me. There's a group. There's a subset of fans. I know that was a loaded question. I, I was hoping there's you were going to bite subset. at that. No, no, I'm not going to say. Yeah, that. I, I almost there's got a, you there. I was all good. I'll there's get a you subset of American soccer fans who clearly are not happy with MLS. Are are they honestly believe that you know what? If we had promotion and relegation in this country, that all all that is wrong with American soccer would be suddenly right, and it would be a magic wand. Everyone would everyone would thrive. There'd be Messi's in every every <laughs> city. No, seriously, there's, there, it's just it's, it's funny to me. Oh, and I love the people who who honestly who honestly believe if not if there were promotion and relegation. They'd have they'd have jobs. They'd be they'd have better. They they'd be you know the head coach of a of a first division team. Oh yeah, of you know course. it it it, 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 it sometimes I, I spend you know whenever I have some free time I'll chill out on Twitter, and uh, and I'll I'll check out some feeds from people who are you know let's just say interesting follows or interesting people to to read up on and 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 I, I got to tell you obviously there's all kinds on Twitter, but in the in the American soccer realm there's some interesting characters to say the least. So well, let's move on. We'll talk MLS Week Seven. We'll have this relegation promotion show promotion relegation show one of these days. Well, I, I just I find that one comment that you said right there that there'd be Messi's everywhere. <laughs> Look, and until the academy start producing eighteen year old just ballers, just everyone just shut up. Just shut up. God. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, that, that's a, a, and that's trust a whole, me, a, and everyone's like, oh, what does Garrett know? Plus, I, I worked in the academy system for a year and a half. I, I, I saw all these kids play. There's, there are some ballers, but they're not, they're not ballers. They're not world-class players at 18. Until they are, everyone just seriously well, well, shut well, up. Well, here's the thing. They don't have to be world-class players. They just have to be good enough to be pros, and that's the problem. There's, that's how many, one how, of the problems. And, and how many of these kids have come up at 18, 19, have been really good? I mean, DeAndre well, Yedlin's the, maybe one. Kevin uh, Costa's one. Garrett, Garrett, that's the point. I'm the just sun, saying. The academies are not producing enough. They will. They will. Enough. Ten, yeah, well, ten years uh, from now. Well, let's go. It's, you know, you're expanding. every. We're dropping expansion teams every year. We're, we're, we're going to hit 24 before long. And you know what? These academies need to step it up. It's all well and good to produce kids that are going off to college and doing well in college, but that means nothing. We need these acad- MLS needs these academies to produce players ready to step in and actually contribute because otherwise it's all a joke. I mean, you, you, you've got a couple. Shane, O'Ne- Shane O'Neill is an example. We're talking now a player who did not go through the college system because you, you mentioned DeAndre Ellen. DeAndre Ellen put two years in at, at Akron. That is true, he, he did. He put in two, two years playing under Caleb Porter. Will Trap, same thing, who's doing really well with Columbus Crew. I'm talking about guys who legitimately went through a MLS club academy who are contributing right now for their teams. How many are there? How many are there that didn't have college? Shane O'Neill comes to mind. They're not that many. And that, I, for me, I think that's pretty embarrassing. Uh, I'm trying to think here right now. There's not many, man. Kellen Acosta. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Kellen Acosta. Pro- I'd say he's probably the biggest one right now right I'm... bill hamid bill hamid you know he's an example of a you know he came through the dc academy he's he's his first you know he's a first team player now 
but they're not that many. And it need the number needs to start going up. And instead, I feel like it's going down. How many how many legit rookies are there this year? Nonetheless, how many? Harrison Ship. That's what, Harrison Ship, four year college player. Eric Miller, three year college player. Mm-hmm. Tommy McNamara, four year college yep. player. Those are the three. That's it. Those are the three guys who've really, JJ Watt, uh, JJ Watt, uh, Jared Watts, Jared Watts. Yeah, it, it, all these names sound the same. Jared Watts in Colorado, uh, you know, four year college player, Wake Forest. Uh, so any rookie that has done anything this year has been, has been a college product, right? So where are these academy guys? Where are the academy players? That's the question. These teams need to step it up. I think they will. We just just, just give them time, Ivis. What do you say about this, these young kids? Just give them time, baby. Come on. Well, Ivis. you know what? I, I'm not saying put pressure on the kids. I'm saying put pressure on the teams to get better about. Well, that, but the teams that's need. But that's on the teams. The teams need to invest more money. Then They're, most of these teams do. Most of these teams do not put put. Trust me, these teams do not put much money into the academy systems. And, and the other thing, the, and the other thing, I'm also a little worried about. I don't know how how I don't know how good the talent is in Georgia too. For, I mean, when this Atlanta team, they have an academy out there. Uh, well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Getting into specifics on specific teams. You know what? What it comes down to is that there's talent in this country. This country's huge. Let's not get into one state. You know what? If the teams that are in the cities where there are is talent, if when they start when they start doing a better job of developing the talent, that will replenish the entire pool. That will that will that will bring talent for the entire league, and it's not. And I, I just don't think it's happening enough. New York Red Bulls, perfect example. They, I mean, they, they, you know, for all the talk about all the about their strong academy system, yeah, they produce good college players. But how many uh, homegrown players have they signed that they've they've cut? How many have really made an impact? Juan Agudelo, Juan Agudelo comes to mind as one player maybe that they produced. But other than that, hasn't been that great. I mean, RSL. You know they got some guys coming in now. You know you're, you're, you're so I, I can't touch that one. <laughs> right? Maybe I can't. I don't work for them anymore. <laughs> I, I'm not. Uh, you know, L- LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy. Uh, you know they they they've brought in some big names. Uh, you know, Jose Villarreal. Who? I mean, how much time did he actually spend in that academy? Yeah. yeah what? Two days. That's a, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I don't know, man. I don't. Not to beat up on this whole academy thing too much, but it that needs to improve. And and I and get, I, to rein it all back in. There are people who have a lot of issues with MLS, and they're legitimate issues. They're legitimate questions about the league. But this whole like kind of painting MLS as this evil empire. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's like like they're Hydra from. Uh, I just obviously I just saw Captain America. Oh, how uh, was that? I heard it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. But the, but yes, MLS is not some secret evil society out to like ruin American soccer. It, just give it up, folks. It's just a league that has its flaws. But is growing, and but still needs to improve. And hopefully, in the next couple of years, we'll see that. We'll see some more money getting invested, salaries going up, salary caps going up, academy spending going up, academy product production, you know, increasing. These are the things that are going to make MLS get to a next level. And and hopefully, once that happens, maybe the conspiracy theorists will calm down a bit and realize maybe the league, maybe they are starting to figure things out. Well, Ivis, uh, let, let's uh, let's table this conversation for reals this time. Move on. All right. We'll talk more about this. There's no know. more room on the table. We can't table everything. Before go before you, you go to Brazil. Phrase. You need a new phrase. You need a new phrase. What, what should I say? We're going to. I'm over it. Let, let, let's move on. I'm overruling. Conversation is over. Let's just move on. Gavel. Robert's conversation over. over. Uh, All right. MLS Week 7. Let's yes. Talk. MLS Week 7. Ivis, first game that you and I have looked at. 
Dallas taking on Toronto FC. Toronto, Ivis, Michael Bradley might not be playing. Much different team without Michael Bradley. Does that favor FC Dallas big time in this one? Uh, is that a question? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a question. It's not, it's not really a question. It's not, but anyway. Uh, is, yeah. That is a question. I, 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 it's a, it's I an said, obvious question. Like, why even ask it? No <laughs> kidding. He's like, hey, if the sun doesn't come out, will it be cold? I mean, like, what, like, what is that? Yes, Michael. Yes, Toronto is the worst <laughs> team without Michael Bradley. Okay, we've just educated the masses here. Okay, FC Dallas. People might not know, dude. Why? Why you gotta be talking out to people? Come nobody, on. Nobody, nobody who listens to the show, it, it has doesn't like know who Michael Bradley is or or how good he is. I, I will go out on a limb and say nobody who's. 20, 30 minutes deep into this show is that oblivious about Michael <laughs> hey, Bradley. Who sur- yeah, who survived the first, thir- first 30 minutes of us just rambling back and forth. Exactly. <laughs> I, I brought out five different soapboxes in the first 30 minutes. I'm pretty sure at this point we've weeded out the kind of casuals. We've got the hardcore people right now, and they know that Michael Bradley means a lot, means a lot. means more than anybody, I think. Well, I think for I mean, Toronto's huge, though. I mean, they're going to get Jonathan uh, Osorio back, which is big, but, I mean, we, we saw that before with him in there. It's just not the same without without Michael Bradley. You know, FC Dallas, though, I mean, coming off that, uh, coming off that loss last week, I mean, you know, they're obviously – you know, where they just kind of got outplayed by Seattle in the second half. But then that's the thing. I mean, you know, Toronto's midfield is not going to be what Seattle's was last week. So, I mean, I think Dallas at home, I mean, dude, they should be taking care of business easily against Toronto. I don't know about easily, but they should win. They should win. They're a good team. Obviously, uh, the, the match against Seattle, uh, you, you hate to drop points at home. You hate to lose at home. But, they, you know, they gave it a go. They were leading in that game. And then Clint Dempsey obviously turned it on. Uh, you know, I think I think Dallas should win this game. I think well, Mauro Diaz is the key, right? I mean, can Toronto contain him? And that's where you know Michael Bradley having him his presence in the middle to kind of disrupt things and be all over the field. Not having him there is going to be big. It's going to be big, and it's going to be really tough for Toronto, I think, to contain Mauro Diaz. I think Mauro Diaz has himself a big game. And I tell you what, Blas Perez, uh, you know, he hasn't really gotten going yet he hasn't really lit it up just yet but i, I think if he if he's i think this could be a game where he he, he tears it up so you got dallas what's the score in this one i was for you four one we're, five we're one doing, we're doing scores uh <laughs> you don't have to two one two one fc dallas two one fc dallas all right moving over do another game real salt lake is hosting portland timbers this weekend uh, Ivis Timbers looked good for 45 minutes last week and then looked pretty bad in the other 45 minutes against Chivas USA. I think this is going to be a tough one for them on the road taking on Real Salt Lake. I think RSL will take will take care of business against Portland, who I still think is looking for identity at the beginning of the season. They're looking for a defense is what they're looking for. That's it. Uh, they, uh, they need to be able to just shut a team down, and they, they just haven't had it. And, uh uh, I think this is going to be a good game, though. I don't, I don't, I don't think RSL is going to roll. I think RSL, you know, look, they haven't lost yet. They're they're number one in our in the SBI power rankings. They they are for me right now the best team in the league. Will they be the best team at the end of the year? I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, I think I think LA Galaxy. At the end of the day, I, I think they have a really really strong team. Um, but I tell you what, I think I think Portland, as bad as they looked in that second half against Chivas. I think maybe getting away from Portland, getting on the road. And I know, look, RSL, it's tough to play there. RSL did not lose to Portland once last year. And I don't think they're gonna I don't think it's gonna happen again. I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen now, but I do think Portland can get a point. I think Portland's gonna go to to Rialso Lake. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna put a game together that maybe helps them turn things around. I think they get a draw. I think they go to Portland. I think they go to RSL, play some soccer. 
and I, and I see a good game, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two two. I'm gonna go two two. Really exciting game. Uh, Will Johnson scores against his former club. Does not celebrate. Uh, and I think I think uh, Nagby finds finds the net finally and uh, ties it up. Really? Wow. All right. I mean, Portland on the road and drawing RSL. I just don't see they that happening, man. They didn't tie them. Didn't they tie uh, at RSL last year? I, yeah, yeah. But Portland is all over the place still. I mean, they last, were all over the place last year. The beginning of the year. No, that's true. Think, but 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 I just tell you what, I don't watching them this year is just it's ah, it's they, so you know Jekyll and Hyde with them, man. Well, I just don't see them correct. doing. I just don't see them. I I, I just right. I, I give What's Portland. Your prediction? Give me your prediction. I give Portland a two percent chance of even pulling away a well, point. A in this I don't want to hear about percent. Give me your prediction. My prediction: what a score or, or, or? Yeah. Well, I just gave a score. You asked me for scores. Now you give a score. I think RSL two one RSL three one RSL RSL win. I, I think RSL's midfield. RSL. There you go. Look, RSL's midfield is playing absolutely amazing right now. Portland's is a total mess, and Portland's there, forwards wait, wait, Portland's are getting Portland. Wait, wait, wait. Portland's midfield's a mess? Well, I'm sorry. About? Their defense a mess. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're horrible. I mean, I'm, what I meant to say is they're, 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 the way they're connecting between the defense to the midfield and the forwards. The other thing is Portland's taking on RSL's back line. I mean, come on. I just don't see Portland being able to crack RSL's back line. Uh, moving over to another game, Ivis. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, RSL, that's not <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Columbus hosting... DC United. I mean, come on, I this is a huge game. DC's on a two-match winning streak. <laughs> Still not convinced. I think Columbus wins again. I think they beat him again. Uh, they beat him at RFK, and I think they'll beat him at Crew Stadium. Uh, I, I just don't think DC's on that. I think Columbus is on on a different level than DC. And that, look, I know they've won two games in a row. I know that helps build confidence. Um, but I have yet to see it. And maybe this is the game. Maybe this is the game where DC. Puts it into a another gear because listen, even though they won these two games, um, they got out, any, they got when, outplayed by New York last week. I mean, New York just well, no one could right. finish. Well, what I, well okay, let me. My point was, look at these two wins. They played New England. I don't know anyone outside of DC who would look at that game and say, "Oh, DC played really well." That was an ugly game. Both teams were pretty bad. New England was just worse. Then you go to the New York game. They were thoroughly outplayed. They got an early header. They held on. The credit to their defense. And credit to you know Dykstra, Andrew Dykstra in goal for Bill Hamid. They pull out a win. Credit to them. They get the three points. But were they impressive? Did they really play quality soccer? No, they haven't done it yet. And to go to Columbus, we're, Columbus is a tough team. Columbus is clearly an improved team this year. I just don't see DC doing it. I don't. I see. I see Iguain giving giving them problems. I see Arduro speed giving them problems. And I think Columbus is going to hold serve at home. I think they're going to win two 0 again. Two nil. Uh, moving over to another game. Hey, hey, hey. what's your? Pred- I know I'm not the only. One. You get. I don't make. I don't make predictions. Come no, on. No, 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 no. You, you're gonna do predictions now. Let's go. We this, been, this isn't a new thing. This. Oh, come on. Now you're gonna act like you don't do predictions. I okay. say Columbus will win five zero. Uh, moving over to. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> moving over to another game. Uh, Philadelphia hosting Houston Dynamo. I was both both of these teams desperately looking for a victory. Philadelphia, we'll talk about it. They lost this past week and in, in, oh, oops, in midweek play. Excuse me for that, everyone listening. Uh, I'm drinking. The, I'm not drinking. The iPad fell. It's because I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to do the show and eat crackling oat bran. It was on sale, and you know how much crackling oat bran is. It's like five bucks a box. It's never on sale. So like I had to buy it, and of course like I got to eat it asap. Um, but back to the game. I have I digress. <laughs> Philadelphia hosting Houston. Both teams looking for a victory here. Um, and we, I think we, this could be a game where we see a lot of goals. What do you think? The lavish life of Garrett Cleverly. Yeah. Oat, oat brand on sale. It's good, man. You, you crackling oat brand. I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. 
<laughs> All right, let's give. Uh, I had to I had to upgrade from from street vendor Mexican food, so I won't get sick anymore. I, I noticed. I sense a trend here. You were you got sick off street food. And now you're eating oat bran. So is that are, are you are you balanced now? Are you even now? You're all good. I've been having some more salads too, but that's my choosing, not my girlfriend's nice. choosing. Way to, way to clean out the system. I'm trying. Okay, here. all right. Let's. <laughs> now we've lost even the last few people. This this show this there. show is just a disaster. <laughs> this, it's just, this, this is a disaster. This is the worst slash funniest show we've had in a while. But it's anyway. not that funny. You and I should just you and I should do a you and I Q and A at the end of the show. That's what we should this do. Is, well, of course, I say we should do it every week. Yeah. All right, uh, Philly Houston. Now, all right. We, uh, Philly, obviously, it, it's a rough one for them. They lost. They lost. We'll get in. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But they lost the, to the Red Bulls in the middle of the week. They're now one, two, and four. Not a great record, but they've played some good soccer every single game, uh, and and it, they're just not putting it together. They're not a. They're not putting it together uh, in the final third to make the most of the possession that they're sh- that they're putting together. The quality soccer they are playing is going is being wasted because they can't produce in the final third, and more importantly, their their defensive breakdowns have to have John Hackworth uh, unable to sleep. I mean, Hackworth was pretty just be- like befuddled after the loss on Wednesday to the Red Bulls because it seems like every single week somebody is is making a mistake, and, it, and whether it's one person, whether it's two person, one mistake, two mistakes, uh, they'll play well. The midfield will be amazing. And then the defense will just have a meltdown. The forwards aren't finishing, so it's it, it, it's it's an interesting setup where the midfield looks so good, but then in front of them and behind them, just not getting it done. And then you have Zach and Math and Goal, who's been one of the best forward, uh, goalkeepers in the league in the early part of the season. But now we've got two teams: Philly, Houston, both teams struggling. Uh, so this, I think, this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be an exciting game because you have two de- desperate teams who need a win. They need a win. Houston's on a three-game, three-match losing streak. I think they're going to get Brad Davis back. If they get him back, that's huge for them. He he means everything to them, uh, help to help their attack go. So if he go, if he's there, then that definitely balances balance, balances things out. Um, but for and they're facing a Philly team that just played midweek, might be some tired legs there. Um, I tell you what, though, I think Philly's going to get it done. I think they they they're going to put it together finally. I think that defense just needs to put a complete game together, and I think this is the game they do it. They shut down uh, Will Bruin and the Dynamo, and I think they come away with a two-nil victory. The, the, in the first time, I think the first time all year that they will have had a multi-goal lead. Chivas USA is. What's your prediction, Garrett? Oh, jeez, why? I uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Philadelphia wins two-one. Chivas right. USA hosting Seattle Sounders. Uh, if Seattle, I think, can play like they played last week against FC Dallas, I mean, without a doubt, I think Seattle will ramp it over Chivas USA. I mean, we saw last week just in the second half for it. Kurt, I mean, play that up to a little bit of the win, but I mean, we just saw how deadly Seattle was when Obi Fabi Martin spawns all over the place. Clint Dempsey is red hot right now. Chad Marshall is playing outstanding for Seattle. I think Chivas USA, for as good as they've been playing all year, is just unfortunate with the schedule. Going to be playing a Seattle team that's in really good form right now this weekend. Yes, Seattle will win. I think they'll get a nice road win. They don't think they're going to blow it. I don't think they're going to blow Chivas away. I think Chivas is a good enough team that they they be they can be competitive in every game. And I think they'll make it interesting. I think Eric Kubo Torres does cause some problems. I think he could find himself a goal against Seattle. But I just think Seattle's got too much firepower. I think Chivas Chivas USA's defense uh, would. I just I'm just not convinced. I just don't think they can they can contain Seattle. Clint Dempsey, I think, will have himself another big game. I'm going to go 3-1 Seattle, 
uh, taking all three points in Carson, California. What's your prediction? What's your prediction? I, well, I say Seattle wins too. I mean, the two, number. Give me a number. Two zero. How's that? Well, What's plus, your number? I said two zero, dude. Okay. What is what is wrong with you? Are you, are you listening? I just wanted to do the Boston accent. I just want to. It's pretty good. I uh, thought the, the Goodwill Hunting. Well, I got a number. I, I think the other thing that kind of hurts this game is is Chivas USA is going to be without Eric Zavaleta, who's who's been playing next to Kospok and Eric center back too. So bringing in another yeah, guy. To, that, that's I, not. That, I know, but just, what, are, what are you talking about? Andrew Jambaptis is right there. He's been playing. He's been playing left back, which I think is pretty ridiculous. But he, yeah. he'll slide right in. The bigger question is Tommy McNamara. I don't know if there's that's been an update yeah. on his situation. Uh, what a shock that there's nothing coming out of Chivas USA camp. It didn't look good. I can't imagine he'll play. And, and, and I, you know, I haven't heard anything official on an injury for him, but it did not look good in Portland. I'm sure he's not going to play this game, and, and who knows Who knows when we'll see him again. Yeah, well, Chivas USA, man, I, I think they're, it's going to be a tough one for them this weekend. Some other quick hits, Ivis. Uh, Chicago, New England. Uh, what do you got in this one? Who do you have in this uh, one? Is it in Chicago? Uh, is this game in Chicago, Ivis? It is not. Yes, it is in Chicago. In Chicago. I will go 1-0 Chicago. Quincy Ameriqua, which is how he he himself pronounces his name. Quincy Ameriqua. You know, he, right now, I think, he, I think you can argue he's the front runner for most improved player. Not that there's mm-hmm. not, that, not that an award exists that is that, but obviously I've, I've been the champion of that award for a long time. I think that should be an award. But if they were there in the award, he would be the front runner. He's been playing great for Chicago, uh, you know, been a factor in almost every game. Even though Chicago hasn't won a game yet, uh, he's been he's been big in helping to, them to get all the draws that they've gotten. So I think I think he he gets on the board. I think it's going to be one nil defensive struggle. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a pretty game, folks. I'll go New England one zero. Uh, nice. Another game, L.A. on the road in Vancouver. This is the. Uh, Second game of home and home. LA defeated Vancouver last week, one to zero. I think uh, I think LA will take all six points to defeat Vancouver. Well, six points in two <laughs> games, but they'll defeat Vancouver this weekend. Yeah, I think they do it. I think Vancouver. Uh, you know, they're a good team. You know, they'll be at home. They'll be better. But LA is. Re- I think LA starting around in the form. I think LA with the pickups that they they've 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 gotten. Ishizaki looks like the real deal for them, and uh, obviously Robbie Keane is on form. Landon Donovan. Maybe this is the week he finally gets the record-breaking goal. I'm not sure about that, but I think he'll probably get two assists, and I'll go L.A. Uh, 2-1 L.A., taking the three points on the road. And in the final game of the weekend, I have his KC home against Montreal. Does Montreal have any chance? Uh, <laughs> not at all. I think KC, you know, coming off the bye week, they're going to be rested. Uh, and they're going to roll. I think Montreal's defense, is some, there's some serious questions there. There's some serious questions. I think Graham Zussi picks them apart. I think Dom Dwyer has himself a game. Uh, this one could get ugly. Unfortunately for Frank Lopez, I think this could get. I think this one could get ugly. I'm going to go. I'm going to go three nil KC. I think KC's going to romp. Well, Ivis, there was a midweek game this past prediction. Prediction. I just Kansas City score. 13-0. In a midweek game this week, New York Red Bulls defeated Philadelphia Union on Wednesday 2-1. For New York, Ivis, they really turned on the pressure in the second half. And finally, finally, players finished for them. Is New York out of the cellar? Is this game going to turn them around, Ivis? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a great first half for them. I mean, other than really trying to press. Do you not hear what I said? I said, who cares about the first half? It's all about the second half. Come on. (laughs) 
Well, that's been them all year, though, right? I, I, mean, I know, they've laid, I know. They've laid the egg in the first half, and then they've, they've you know, my, then Mike Pecky breaks out the, you know, the, the, the New York, the, tor- the, the torture tools in the, at halftime, and all of a sudden they come out and they're, they're a different team in the second half. Uh, I think it, you know, it, it should help boost their confidence, and it will help some specific players who played well. I thought for me, obviously, Eric Alexander had two assists. He was really good for them. I thought Roy Miller was great for them, and Roy Miller, I gotta say, uh, is a bit of a success story for them. He's played well for them this year. Uh, rec- a guy who maybe most other teams might have cut after all of his playoff blunders and meltdowns through the years, but he keeps on coming. He's headed to the World Cup if he can stay healthy uh, with Costa Rica, and uh, he, he had another, had himself another game. Uh, the question with them, again, cons- continues to be the bench. Can their bench give them something? Um, this game, uh, once again, as we talked about earlier, Philadelphia, quality first half. They kept the ball. They moved it around. They were excellent. They were the, clearly the better team in the first half, and they had nothing to show for it. So, so the, and that really bit, came back to bite them, especially against a Red Bulls team that just steps it up in the second half. It seems like every single game they find a way to put it in another gear, especially at home, uh, to put it in another gear. Lloyd Sam with a goal, he's been he's been great for them all year. Uh, and if I'm Philly and uh, John Hackworth, and I know he was upset about this, the fact that they could do nothing in those last ten minutes with a man advantage after the penalty kick uh, by Latou made it two one, they had ten minutes up a man. And they did not put a single shot on goal. I mean, they had one shot, and it was a Marisa Du, like, totally off-the-mark shot. Uh, they didn't put any balls into the penalty area, provide some service. for Connor Casey, uh, Aaron Wheeler was in there as well. Uh, and that, that just had to frustrate the heck out of, out of John Hackworth because, you know, that's a game they definitely could have gotten points out of. But, they you know, they, they got worse as the game went on. Uh, and there's some real questions in Philly now. Like, what, what do you do? You know, you made the trade for, for Andrew Wenger. You got rid of Jack McInerney. He wasn't finishing for you. Uh, Wenger obviously scored in his first game, but he's going to have to start producing, uh, you know, because if if not, they're, they're just not going to win many games. The midfield can't do it on their own. Vincent Noguera is outstanding, one of the best newcomers in the league. Marisa Du, quality, quality player, put had himself another big game. Uh, Maidana looks good. Your boy, Leo Fernandez, uh, has been great for them, but their, mid, their, their forwards need to score. Their defense needs to stop making boneheaded errors, or or what was looking like a promising season could quickly turn into a nightmare. Yeah, that's the biggest thing with Philadelphia, man. They're just letting things slip through their fingers, and I mean, you would have hoped that last year this young team would have learned how to kind of get over that stuff and and learn how to win. I mean, it sounds crazy because you know most of these guys are winners the whole entire life, but you know when you get to this level, I mean, you ha- you have to learn how to win. I mean, good teams find ways to win. And right now, I mean, Philadelphia is not part of that elite status of teams that find ways to win. I mean, teams that find ways to win, Kansas City, RSL, LA, I mean, those teams will always find a way to win at the end of the day. Philadelphia, right. they're still well, learning. Well, here's the, well this this weekend's going to tell the tale. Uh, when they go to PPL Park again, they, they're back home. Uh, I got to tell you, they're fan, you know how Philly fans are. And I tell you, they, they're... Uh, this you know I was there in Philly for for the tie against RSL. Uh, good you know the good performance for them. Their fans obviously went after the refs because they felt the refs made some uh, didn't make some calls they should have made. But if they don't if they don't come to play on Saturday, if they don't step it up and put put a good game together against Houston, they're gonna hear it. They're gonna start to hear it. The fans there, the natives are gonna get restless, and uh, they're gonna start calling for John Hackworth's head. They're gonna start calling for people to get benched. And I think they have to know the pressure's on. And no, it's not a must, quote-unquote, must-win game. 
but it's a real important game for them because of this, the way this season has started for them, because of the frustrations, because of the way they've dropped points. They need to show that they can put together a solid game from front to back, a defense not making mistakes, a midfield continuing to do what they've been doing all year, and a forward line that finishes chances. And, and, and they could do it. They could do it. So we're going to see this weekend. If they don't, if they do it, then then all of a sudden you start to feel like okay, this maybe this still could be a good year for them. But if they lose at home to Houston, then then all of a sudden you're looking at them and you're like, you know what, this is not a playoff team. Even as good as their midfield is, as good as some of their new additions are, this just might not be a playoff team. Well, the defense needs to you know tighten up the screws for Philadelphia. You know, I mean, it seems every game. It just seems that there's just one guy, and I and I hate to call sing, you know you know how I am about defense, but it just seems every single game there just seems to be one guy that that does something that really breaks the cohesion, breaks the chemistry of the back line. They, Philadelphia's back line, they they gotta get on the same page. Whether they need like a weekend retreat or something like that to kind of have like a powwow <laughs> or or something, yeah, they, I mean, they I don't need know what to get all, I mean, they all need to be on the same page. There just right. always seems I mean, to be they, one guy who's kind of in la la land. Right, and uh, you know, and it's unfortunate. And some of the guys have had pretty good seasons. I mean, for me, Ray Gaddis is is a bit of an unsung unsung player. Uh, I think he's he's really come into his own as a player. Uh, obviously, Amobi Akugo is, is such an important player for them, but he he's obviously had his issues as well. Uh, obviously, the Marco Devia goal against Montreal. Uh, you could point to the second goal against the Red Bulls, and you know he allowed the service that led to the goal. Uh, but the pieces are there, right? Austin Berry is a quality player. He didn't show it against uh, against RSL. He obviously had a, a forgettable game against them. He ended up getting benched. Uh, but he's a quality player. Uh, Amobi Akugo, I know he he's a quality player. He's he's had his mistakes, but he's a quality player. Shannon Williams, I think, can be a quality player. But you know what? They they the consistency hasn't been there. Once that group gets it figured out, I think it could be actually a really good defense. But it's been anything but the first month of the season. I agree, man. It's hey, without a doubt, Philadelphia is a very good team on paper. Just got to tighten up the screws. Well, moving over to the Americans abroad front. Before we close out the show, Ivis reports coming out of Germany that John Brooks was benched due to a large tattoo he received on his back. Apparently, his skin was tender, still recovering from the tattoo, which kept him out of Hertha Berlin's latest match. I got to say, if this is the reason why he missed the match. That is just stupid, stupid stupidity on his part. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really know what he was thinking, but it's pretty hilarious that, uh, you know, he gets this tattoo and then he, all of a sudden he can't train, and obviously the coach couldn't have been happy about that. I mean, you're talking about Germany, right? In Germany, they don't like this newfangled stuff, tattoos and all that. Let alone making you miss practice. Uh, it's unfortunate for a guy who's been in the doghouse as it is. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy who's been benched. He's been pulled at halftime of multiple games this year. His coach has clearly, uh, you know, been fed up with him a few times. So it's unfortunate for him, uh, pretty dumb for him, uh, especially at a time when he's really trying to impress, <clears throat> trying to earn himself a place on that World Cup training camp squad. So now, you know, is he play again? Does this permanently leave him on the bench at Hertha? Does my uh, does Jurgen look at this and say this kid is not too bright? Maybe I don't bring him. Uh, I know some people were you know had him penciling into the World Cup only like six months ago, and now you wonder if he even gets an invite to the training camp. So not a great move for him. I think he still ends up coming to the training camp, but the kid needs to he needs to figure things out pretty quickly. Yeah, he he needs some better friends around him to give him some better advice. I mean, that tattoo it better not suck. If it sucks, then we're allowed to rip him even more. It better be like something legit, you know. 
it's like a if it's like a butterfly or if something. it's like a american flag and a falcon head yeah that's something. fine something real american i'm okay, then, I'm okay with that that's fine probably wasn't that though let's be honest i mean what, um, what do you think it is i mean you know uh butterfly wings oh, i don't know geez. you got me I, I don't know what i don't know what it was i couldn't tell you it better not be if it's legit he gets a pass. Uh, other good news coming out of good, some good news coming out of Germany. Excuse me. Uh, looks like Timmy Chandler is close to returning. Ivis, does he have a chance to go into Brazil if he comes back and gets some matches in? I tell you what. If you, let's not even talk about Brazil. Does Timmy Chandler do enough to get invited to the training camp, the the pre World Cup training camp? That's not a given. Uh, you know, I did a I did a piece for Gold dot com earlier this week projecting the the U.S. pre World Cup training camp roster, and I got to tell you. There are going to be quite a few good players who don't even make it to the camp. And, you know, we've talked about it for months and months about the depth on the, the depth in the player pool. And, and I, I know some people will question that and say, is it really a deeper pool? Is it really a deeper pool? When you look at – if you read my article and you look at the projected squad, and I projected a 28-player roster, you figure Clinton's going to call in between 25 and 28. You can't just call in 40 players because, you know what, you need a you need a workable number that you can – handle in practice sessions and run your drills you can't have too many uh because that can definitely dilute things and players can't get the you know the reps they need and then you can have some players who just don't see enough playing time so you, you want to have a nice number 28 is a pretty re- respectable number and when you try to project the 28 player roster they're going to be players who aren't even who don't even make it to the camp who some people would have said six months ago oh he's going to be at the world cup and they're not even going to make it to the camp tim chandler you know what? If he has, if he, he come, he's not back yet. I mean, he still has to train and work his way back. He's probably still a couple of weeks away, right? So, how much time does he have left in the season? He doesn't have that. I mean, how many games could he realistically get? One or two, maybe three tops. Is that going to be enough for him to get into form and get Klinsman to bring him in? I don't. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be, and it's unfortunate because I tell you what, if he hadn't gotten hurt and if he had played through the the you know straight through the Bundesliga season. And kept it going the way he had been because he was on a roll before he got hurt. Uh, if he hadn't gotten hurt, I absolutely think he would be at the camp, and and I absolutely think he'd be pushing for a place on the roster. The way things have gone out, gone down, though, I think it's going to be tough. You know, you look at the right back position: Jeff Cameron, Brad Evans, Michael Parkhurst. You know, those are the guys that'll be in camp. I just don't think there's going to be room for him, and it's unfortunate because I think Tim Chandler's quality. I mean, the guy, you know, you start. He starts in the Bundesliga. He has started in the Bundesliga for a couple of years now. The guy can play, but unfortunately for him, the timing of the injury is really hurt his chances. DeAndre Edlin, will he be called into camp? How do we even get into that? It's so <laughs> random. He left his uh, name out, so I'm just, I'm just asking. Like, I didn't mention Andre Allen. I'm just, I'm just. You, you mentioned Jeff Cameron, Michael Parker, and Brad. Well, Evans. we're not. Uh, well, no. Yeah, you I'm know what? Saying, Honestly, saying, well, he doesn't make it. He doesn't make it. I mean, he could make it, but he didn't make it in my projection. Because again, you, 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 you're only going to bring a certain number of players to the camp. So if you, if you, let's say you're, if you're bringing ten defenders, and hypothetically you're going to have five center backs, five fullbacks, uh, he's not one of the five fullbacks. There's other guys that are going to be there. You, you know, if you want to just run it down, you're talking Jeff Cameron, Brad Evans, Michael Parkers. Uh, Fabian Johnson, Demarcus Beasley, right there, five, right, solid five. Who who are you gonna leave back? Who are you who are you gonna leave out out of that group? Right, N- none. No, none. hey, I'm okay with not taking down Yedlin to to Brazil. I mean, I, I don't I don't think he's I don't think well, he's no, ready. we're not even talking Brazil. We're talking Stanford. We're talking the training camp, and that goes back to my point. This pool is so deep. 
so much deeper than it has been. And I, when I say deep, let me put it into context because I know there's always the cynics who love to freaking pick things apart and, oh, deep, this isn't deep, there's no Champions League play. Look, not deep like Germany deep where they, they're going to leave home players who, who are you know Champions League players. No, but in terms of depth in comparison to past U.S. teams, this is going to be far and away the deepest pool. This is far and away the deepest player pool the U.S. has ever had. And the evidence will be in the players who don't even get to the training camp. Uh, they're gonna. I'm telling you, you could you could put together a, a team uh, with just the players who aren't even gonna make it to the training camp. Let alone Brazil. Let alone the four or five guys who don't make it to Brazil. Who are, who who people will be like, wow, you know, those, those are pretty good players to not even make it to Brazil. So, uh, Tim Chandler, nah, it's it's a tough one. It's it, it, so much would have to happen. So much. You, you're talking in, and you need an injury here or there. You'd need him to just be on fire when he got back, score some like goals, and just. And, and again, you can't you can't ignore the fact that he hasn't really been a part of the team. That hurts him. That's hurt. That hurts him because if he had, before the injury, if he had been a part of the team, if he had been around, if he was on, you know, if he had played in the hex last year, if he played in 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 qualifiers in the fall, if he was around the in the mix, then the then this injury layoff wouldn't have hurt him as much, but. He had been out of he's been he has not played in 14 months for the US national team. He has not played since his only uh qualifying appearance, which was in Honduras in February of 2013. So that's how long it's been. So unfortunately, I don't see it happening, even though if you were healthy, I would find a way to bring him. Moving over to England, Ivis. Tim Howard did sign a contract with Everton, keeping him there till 2018. Congratulations. Uh, Tim Howard. Everton on Wednesday, though, suffered a big loss, dropping to Crystal Palace 3-2. to Everton's now dropped to fifth in the Premier League. Ivis, are there chances of qualifying for the Champions League over and done with? Uh, it's tough, man. It's going to be so tough, especially because the schedules that are left, they play Man United and Man City, and Arsenal plays a much more reasonable schedule down the stretch. It's going to be tough, although you can point to the fact that, look, City's falling apart now. They've got injuries. Uh, they're falling off the pace to win the title, so or maybe they're vulnerable. But then you have, and then you have Man United, who's pretty much at the string right now. Uh, you know, maybe they won't they won't be the, as motivated to 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 really take out Everton. How does Everton respond to that loss in midweek? And and look, Crystal Palace, say what you want, they've won four or five matches, and they took it to Everton and they, and, they, and they got the win there. So obviously, it's disappointing the way Everton had been playing. You figure, oh, Crystal Palace, they'll take care of them. Uh, but now this, you, you got to call it a must win man United. They got to be, they have to beat man United, uh, to keep the pressure on Arsenal. And that's the key, right? Keep the pressure on Arsenal. Uh, you know, Arsenal obviously responded well with a, at midweek with a win against West Ham. Uh, they were down in that game and then they really turned it on in the second half. Uh, I, it's tough. It's, I don't, I, at the end of the day, I don't, I think Everton's going to fall short. Uh, it'd be great if they made it, but it, I think that Crystal Palace game is going to come back to haunt them. Also, uh, Joe Altidore still MIA. Ivis, not looking good, man. We talked about it. It's uh, Josie Altidore watch day. Uh, I don't know what what day are we on now. Well, he dressed. He dressed uh, in Sunderland's tie against Manchester City, so he wasn't MIA. He was just DNP, which is did not play. <laughs> So, unfortunately for him, he's still it's it's a wrap. It's a wrap, folks. It's not happening. Christmas isn't coming. He's not getting on the field. He's not going to score a hat trick and and just and just amaze everybody. 
It's not happening. It, like it, this year, chalk it up, put the stamp on it. Failed year. It's a disaster. He's gonna have to move on and learn from it. He's gonna have to get it, get it out of his head. Go to Stanford. Go to the training camp, and just and just start fresh. And that's all he can do. And uh, you know what? It's gonna be very important for him to impress in that camp because he needs to show that he can shake that off. He needs to show that. Hey, you know what? Yeah, that was awful. I did not have a good year, but I'm still Josie Altador. I'm still the guy who crushed it in the Dutch league. I'm still the guy who dominated the hex. Like he can still be that guy. And I think he's still, I think he will be that guy. I think he will find it again. I think getting, it'll be a relief for him to get out of the, just the abyss that is Sunderland and go be back with the U S team, be back with his teammates, be back where he is the top dog, but he still has to deliver. He still has to score. He still has to play well. Uh, in those three games and in the training camp. Because you know what? If he doesn't, if he looks bad, if he looks shaky, if he has bad training habits, tra- uh, bad training sessions, Jurgen Klinsmann has shown he will bench you. He ben- he benched Landon Donovan. He told Landon Donovan flat out, you know what? You didn't look good in training ahead of the Mexico game. I'm going to sit you down. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann will absolutely bench Josie Altador if he, if he doesn't look good in the camp. I think he will, but if he doesn't, all of a sudden, your Aaron Johansson, pick up the white courtesy phone. It's your time to start. Uh, and and I would look forward to seeing, you know what, if, if, if Altador doesn't have it, if he isn't producing in practice, if he looks off and he looks like he's not ready to start, I want to see what Klinsman does with that squad and that formation and that lineup. Because I tell you what, a 4-4-2 with Johansson and Clint Dempsey up top, that could, that could be something worth watching. I agree, man. Uh, and then Michael Bradley below them. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, Ivis, uh, anything else we got to talk about before we wrap up today's show, before uh... – we end uh, this uh, disaster of a, I don't know, well, it was a disaster, but a show that was all over the place. Well, you know what? I think it's, uh, I think it's Q&A time. I put a, Q, I put a Q&A tweet out, and we had, we had zero response. I think, oh, I think people, man. I think, I, I, I think people are just tired of the fact that we're not giving them the midweek show. So I think that's like the silent protest for the fact that they have to wait so long. Uh, that or people just losing interest in us. So we have to shake things up a little. I think we should have the, the one-on-one Q&A now between me and you. Two questions each. Whatever you want. Let's go. Just keep it clean. And let's yeah, go. Keep it clean? Come on, dude. What are we like in, <laughs> what are we like in middle school? <laughs> let's go. Why, why do I have to go first? Why don't you go first? All right. Whatever you want. You, you go for You ask the question first is what I'm saying. Oh, you... Oh, you want me to ask you? A yeah, you you can ask me first. Hmm. Uh. Okay. What player? What MLS player has surprised you the most, in a positive way and in a negative way, through the first month of the season? Well, I mean, come on. I, I got to go with my boy, Leo Fernandez, in his play for the Philadelphia Union. I mean, I, I think you, without a doubt, has seen his contributions. What? Why does that surprise you though? I thought you were. I thought you thought he was the man already. I thought you had him on billboard. You were putting him on billboard. Of course. Well, oh my, am I why sp- is that surprising to you? Though? No, it's not. No, no, no. No, his play. I come on. I didn't go into the season saying that he was going to be amazing. You said most surprising. Oh, thank you. Thank, I'm, I'm just glad you admitted that because you just you were talking him up like you you know you were his PR agent or something. Stop it. <laughs> All right. And and who who's who's disappointed? Who who do you think has been the biggest disappointment in the first month of the season? Uh New England Revolution midfield. Is that okay if I say their whole midfield? No, you have to give one player. Diego Fagundes. I it's just amazing that that a guy who was just put the league on fire last year is just struggling to start the season this year. I mean, he's an outstanding player, Ivis. We saw that last year, but just the struggles for him and for the rest of New England it's just been very surprising. 
I'll, I'll ask the same thing of you. I mean, for you, who, who's been the most surprising player in the first month? Uh, Quincy Ameriqua, I got to say. Uh, you know, he's a guy who, you know, I, I'm, it's funny because I'll always remember him. From the uh, from when he came he came into the league right he was a rookie he was at the MLS Combine and he just I, I, he stuck out for me because he was like a really feisty guy and just battling and 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 he was chippy he was a chippy guy you know like you could kind of tell that like he's a chippy guy and and at the time I was like who is this guy he's chippy he was like talking trash and I'm just like what is what is up with this guy like this I've never seen that before so right right so I got I got a bad first impression from that. Uh, and obviously through the years that's carried on like, oh, here's the chippy guy from the draft, from the combine. Uh, but seeing him now, seeing him kind of put it together and, and, and take those, uh, take that, those characteristics that, you know, initially when I first saw him made me think, oh, he's this chippy player. He's dirty. He's, 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 he's talking trash. The guy's passionate. The guy is good passion. He, 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 and he tries his, his motor. He, he doesn't stop moving. He doesn't stop going. He's good. He's just nonstop energy. Uh, and now he's got some confidence, and and he is he is keeping Chicago afloat, even though they're not winning games. Uh, they're keep they're tying and tying and tying. They're still racking up some points, and you got you got to think with Mike McGee in the fold now, uh, after having missed the first couple games, they're going to be okay. And I will tell you what, he has really really turned it on, and and I can't imagine many people would have seen him as being a key part of that team. And as far as disappointment. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, that's a good question. That, you know what? We're going to have a rule going forward when we do this. You can't ask the question that the other person asks because that's cheating. Like, I actually made the effort of coming up with a good question, and you just lazily throw it right back at you. You can't think of your own question. But I'll let you slide this time. It's okay. I understand. I know you got a new job. You got a lot going on. Um, a player who's uh, – Jose Gonzalez. Jose Gonzalez. We're talking about a guy – Best defender in the league last year, uh, and and just came into the league, came into the season obviously distracted, unhappy with his contract situation, and I think it's it's unfortunate because like listen, you got to be a professional. You signed a contract, you play for, you play with that contract. You want to negotiate, you work it out, you get your agent involved, you let them handle it. You cannot let your contract situation affect your play on the field. That's not fair to your teammates, and it's and it's not fair to the fans. So he he's I think he's laid an egg. I think I think Donovan Ricketts play. Has definitely gone down several notches from last year when he was just Superman. He was like Jamaican Superman, just saving everything and bailing out the Portland defense. And 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 I think he just has not he's that he's not been that this year. So I think those two uh, those two come to mind. Uh, my turn to ask you a question. Yeah, you now your turn. Okay, fine. What's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, so many, so many. I, I don't know if I have a one. Um, I could give you five, maybe. Okay, okay. What happens if like the world was ending and you had to like watch one final movie? What, <laughs> if the world was be? ending. If the world was ending, I wouldn't be wasting time watching movies. And neither would I. I mean I'd be doing other things, but <laughs> details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh you know what? I love Goodfellas. I love Godfather Two. Uh I love the Warriors, little campy classic gang movie from like nineteen eighty. Uh Untouchables. Did I say Untouchables? You did not say them. Warriors? Untouch- Wait, what is that movie? I've never heard of that. Oh, my man. That You know what? That movie's older than you, so I, I can't... No, no, I'm a, dude, I'm a movie guy. Don't get me wrong, but I've never heard of that before. It's a, it's a cult classic. I'm looking it up. It 1979 way. Warriors. Yes, it's a cult classic. Yeah, let, let me ask you this. Now, have you ever heard this said before? Warriors! 
come out to play. No, I haven't. Holy crap. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> that is from the movie. And it's they, I've seen it used in other movies. I've seen it used in songs. But anyway, that's a cult classic. But I would say, you know what? I would say Untouchables. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some other movie. But uh, I love The Untouchables. Sean Connery. Andy Garcia. Uh, if you've never seen the, uh, if you've never seen The Untouchables, you have to see them. It's amazing. Robert De Niro. Come on, that is a good movie. Goodfellas, though. I love Goodfellas. That movie is awesome. Yeah, the, yeah. Those are those are. Those, the, the, if the, there's that top five, it's going to be Goodfellas. Do you sense the theme here? It's definitely the mob theme, and just and it's not. And no, it's not because I'm from Jersey. Uh, <laughs> we got Goodfellas, Untouchables, Godfather Two, uh, Usual Suspects, Pulp Fiction. Princess Bride, you like that pairing, right? Whoa! Just random. Princess Bride, great movie. Let's, I'm sorry, it's a great movie. See, I'm more. I, I, see, I like Goodfellas, but I'm more of a casino guy. I love it. Nah, I love casino. Nah, nah, nah. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, no, not even close. Not even close. Okay. I'll, well, I'll ask you now. I'll ask you. We're gonna have to do a third question since we're just copying each other's questions. What's your favorite? Give me, give me your wheelhouse of your top movies. Uh, I gotta say, I like District Nine. I thought the movie was pretty awesome. Twelve Monkeys. If you ever seen that, with uh, Brad Pitt's in there, he plays like this psycho guy in a ward. He's he's awesome right. in that movie. Right. Um, I'd say like uh, the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. That's a Ooh. good one. Ooh, that's a good one. The that's Greatest, The Great Escape with Steve McQueen is another one. Bridge in the River Kwai. That's another one. I'd say. Uh, Probably Ben Hur with Charleston Heston. I love that. It's a classic. Um, Kelly's Heroes. Have you ever seen Kelly's Heroes? That's a no. great movie. So I, I see. I grew up like watching AMC and crap like that all the time. Wow. So I like all those old movies. Well, one movie. It's funny you mentioned that. Of that kind of genre. Well, at least when you. I think you, there was at least one Steve McQueen movie in there. Yeah, the Great uh, Escape. That's a great movie. The Great Escape. I tell you what. The one movie that you know people maybe may or may not have heard of or seen. Uh, it's called Papillon. And uh, Dustin Hoffman's in it, Steve McQueen's in it. And the reason I watched it is because my uncle once told me, he said, if you ever watch, if you want, you ever want to know, if you ever want to understand life and how to live and how to approach living your life, watch Papillon. And 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 he, he told me that. So I, had, I was like, I made a point. I said, you know what? One day I'm going to watch Papillon. And I watched it. And it, it was great. It was, there were so many kind of life lessons in there and it, 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 people, I, I would recommend it. If, I don't know if it's on Netflix or what, but check it. Papillon, it's like a French prison. Uh, Dustin, uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman's, uh, Dustin Hoffman and McQueen are, are, are prisoners, and they escape. And it's not to give it all away, but Papillon, I think it's P A P I L L O N, something like that. Look it up, check it out, and if you see it, you know, let me know in the comments or on Twitter what you thought of the movie. Really, I see. I would tell people to watch Friday. I feel like that was a good way uh, to live your life. No. <laughs> well, oh, so now I. Oh, you know what? Now I know what that sound was earlier. It wasn't a. It wasn't a bottle or a cup. It was a bomb. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the yeah, truth yeah. is out. Yeah. Actually, actually, talk about movies. You know, when I saw when it, when I, my senior year of high school, the girl next door came out. Do you ever see that movie? No. Uh, no. The movie's awesome. Uh, that movie like totally changed my life in high school. Like after I watched that movie, I was like, I like there was this girl I had a huge crush on. I was like, dude, I'm going for that girl. And she ended up being my <laughs> girlfriend. Seriously, the movie like just totally like just taught me that like just to have more balls like just to go for it. <laughs> All right, let's do one more question and then we gotta wrap it up because I'm sure people are already. We have like two listeners left by now. Um, me, you you ask me one and then I ask you one. One more final question. Uh, okay, what's the best city you've been in in the entire world? Ooh, wow, best city. Jesus. Uh, 
Uh, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Because see, it's not fair. Because there's some cities that I've been to more than others. So it's like if, if there's a place I've only well, been I know, to. I know, I know. But the best city. I mean, you know, I, I, there's certain uh, cities I've been to a lot, but there's only one city I've been to once that I think was amazing. You know. Uh, that's tough, man. I mean, in America, obviously, New York is it's hard to beat New York. New York's amazing. What a homer pick. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm not I'm not saying that's the pick. I'm yet, just I'm, I'm just keeping it real, you know? Just forget about it. Forget about it. Um man. Uh that's tough. I mean, I, I you know, in, in America, America, it's uh it's, you know, New York, Miami, LA, DC, and Portland now. Portland's in my top 5, I got to say. They've broken in uh and then internet i'm seeing that i I can't just do one i'll I'll break it down so that's my top five uh in america new york miami uh la dc portland used to be chicago i haven't been there in a long time i'm sure it would be back in there if i actually had been there recently uh internationally i'm gonna go uh, uh cape town south africa amazing uh lima peru amazing um, Tokyo, pretty nice. Uh, Dad would love Ber- to go to Tokyo. So, um, Berlin, pretty nice. Um, and Rome. Oh, how can you forget Rome? Rome's amazing. So there you go. That's my. T- oh, you know what? Oh, I'm sorry. Berlin. I'm gonna have to knock Berlin out, and I'm gonna have to say Paris. Paris, Rome, Tokyo, Lima, Peru, and 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 Cape Town, South Africa. Five cities right there. That's pretty amazing. solid. Um, all amazing. There you go. Not too bad. How about, you? How, about you? How about you? Give me your five of each. Top five of each. In America? Oh, five in America. Five. Of, well, I don't know how much you travel, but we'll just say five in America. And then I would say nice. in America, I'd say D.C., New York, Dallas. I love Dallas. San Diego. I put San Diego in there. Mm. And then I would probably put for the final one. Mm, and you hate L.A., huh? Yeah, I'm not a fan of L.A. Uh <laughs> I hate you. Uh, final one, I'd probably say Boston. I had a good time up in Boston. In- in- internationally, top five, Hong Kong, uh, Copenhagen, Oslo, Stockholm. And for the fifth one, I would say um, Cockburn Town in the Bahamas. It's this tiny little city on this like <laughs> island in the middle of like freaking nowhere. It's awesome. What was that? What was that called? It's called Cockburn Town. It's on this island. It was the island that I worked on when I was in the Bahamas when I was teaching wakeboarding out there. And just, it just, it just, and just, and slain, or, or I was being a savage, as, as the youth say. How do you spell that? Uh, C O C K right B U R N Cock. Burn so, town. So, so, that's, so that's really the, see. I wasn't sure, and I didn't want to assume, but it was actually called that. <laughs> I mean, I'm being serious. Cockburn Town. You can type it in. Go to Google. Cockburn Town, San Salvador, Bahamas. It's boom. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to go there, man. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a place I want to go. That's that's ridiculous. It's just it's just the name of the. It's just a name. That's one of the. Listen, it might be a great city, but that's definitely one of the top ten worst city names in the history of, of the world. Well, I mean, you don't you don't chill in the city. I mean, you're like taking naps on the beach and stuff. I'm just like that. talking about the name. That's a pretty unfortunate name. Well, yeah, I guess it is. See, I, I, see, I'm not I'm not immature, so I don't think of things like that. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Says the guy who recommended Friday as a movie that everybody's. <laughs> Okay, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Now, if we're gonna talk about comedies, we got to talk about like classic comedies, Trading Places, Beverly Hills. Oh, Trading! I love Trading Places. That's great. What about Coming to America? I like that one too. Oh, of course, of course. All right, I think we, I think we've, we've spent a good half hour talking about movies. So I think, I think we've, we've done enough. We've, we can wrap it up now and 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 let everyone get on to their weekends. And listen, folks, if you're still listening to this show, uh, thank you very much for for staying awake. You either have a really long commute or you're on the treadmill and have nothing else to listen to. And I'm sure that means you too, Alexi Lalas. Alexi Lalas, by the way, with a great cameo on the ABC show Mixology. Classic, classic cameo. A, a show I actually watch. Pretty good, pretty good show. I think you'd like the show, actually, too. Uh, he, he, he was. What's he was the show quoted, called? It's called Mixology. And it, it's basically, it's like, it, it's a bunch of episodes taken from, like, it's the same night at a at a club somewhere so it's just like the scene at a club and, and all the different interactions between the characters so it's pretty chill it's a pretty fun it's light it's a funny show and uh so so one of the characters in the show is a redhead and 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 you know he he, he can't get any play from any of the other females and then he finds a female who uh who, who's like checking him out is all into him Ooh. even though even though he's like a just serious serious ginger super red got the got the beard going and everything so she's all about him and then just when he thinks he's going to close the deal, Alexi Lala shows up. And obviously, he's like the king of all redheads. So the guy basically calls him like the greatest ginger athlete of all time, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, no, it's great. Great cameo, Alexi. I'm sure you're listening. Uh, you need to do some more TV, my man. I just found the clip. It's on. I just typed Alexi Lawless Mixology into Google, and it popped up. I, I'm going to watch the clip as soon as we wrap up the show right here. I, I got to check this out. Yeah, it's a, he. It was I was surprised by it. It's it's a pretty funny and a, it's a pretty decent show. I gotta say, it's. I mean, it's look. It's not like award winning television, but it's 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 enjoyable. It's not. It's not. It's not like Breaking this. Bad. No, no, but you'll enjoy it. You know, you're you're in your mid twenties. You're a young guy. You hang out. You go out. You you appreciate it. I don't. I don't hang out. I don't go out. I'm <laughs> only when I'm in town, right? Yeah, I'm uh, starting to realize that my girlfriend doesn't listen old. to the show, but you know, moving in with her like. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, sacrif- I'm I'm pretty much giving up the keys to the castle, Ivis. <laughs> yes, yes. The jewels are in a jar. I right? know, man. It's sad, dude. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh God. I hope no one listens to the show who knows your girlfriend. Eh, they they probably don't. She she knows I tell all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up before we lose everybody. All right, all right, all right. You have a good weekend, man, and uh, and I'll talk to you on Sunday night. Yes, sir. Ivis and I, well, 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 you and I will try to be better next time. <laughs> yes, we apologize to everybody for this show. But you know what? I bet you some people actually like the show. You it's know pretty, what? Out of 100... Casual. It's, a casual. it's the casual edition. What is this? 132 shows? We're allowed to have a, a show every once in a while. Episode 132. Is it really 132? <laughs> <laughs> what was That's that? That's an inside joke. That's an inside yeah, joke. Yeah, what was that? What did I kept saying? It was like episode 120. And you're like, dude, it's episode 120. Episode 120. <laughs> Alright, we're both delirious. It's four in the morning, Eastern time. Uh, we all got we gotta go. We gotta go. Uh, <laughs> now I you know just, what? Everyone definitely thinks you're high now. I'm not, dude. I'm you're, tired, you're dude. Drug it's drug I'm sure one o'clock. I'm sure, every, I'm sure everyone that works at at your job listens to the show. I'm sure they you're, do. You're, you're gonna be they're gonna ask you to to take a blood test. Please go ahead, dude. Please. <laughs> I am I am delirious right now. No. I need I need to wrap this show up so I can 
go to bed. So, Ivis, you have a good weekend, man. I'll talk to you on Sunday night. All right, bud? Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Ivis and I will be back. This is the SBI Show.